Holly G with the Golf Insiders, and for your game today, we've got one of our special Golf Insiders uh, with the Golf Channel and his new show, Golf Today. Damon Hack joins us. Hey, Big D. Holly G, how are you? Great to hear your voice. I know there's been a lot going on. You've got this new show on Golf Channel. Uh, tell my listeners uh, what what it's all about and and when they can tune in. Yeah, it's called Golf Today. As you mentioned, it's kind of a midday show um, that precedes Golf Central pregame and, and some of the actions you'll see on the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour every week. We typically come on after European Tour coverage a little bit later in the day than you see us on Morning Drive. It's myself and Shane Bacon, who came from Fox. Uh, we're kind of a two-man booth at this point, almost a throwback to what the uh, original Morning Drive was with a few, uh, you know, twists and turns and a couple different uh, segments that than you're used to seeing and more of a midday show. So um, I know a lot of folks will miss having the, the, the morning, but it's a new era. It's a relaunch up in Connecticut, and, we're typically midday. Our, our show kind of floats around that 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, right around in that ballpark. Uh, and also, it's uh, Anna Whiteley and Jimmy Roberts are on uh, Monday and Tuesday, often with Jaime Diaz, and then Shane and I are on Wednesday to Sunday. Wow, that's fantastic. So it's seven days a week. Seven days a week and lots of interviews and shaping and stuff. Jeff Waz of the world, the PGA of America, to, to Darren Clark we had on today, major champ who won at Hualalai on the Big Island, and uh, PGA Tour champion. So, um, you know, like uh, like talking to the folks in the game who are making things happen to, on the course and off the course. Well, that's fantastic. Well, this is uh, normally, Damon, uh, our annual Super Bowl of the golf business, the PGA show, which was canceled, of course, because of COVID, but it's happening virtually. It's happening online for all of us in the industry. Uh, it, you know, feels different because normally, you know, we're putting in the miles and treading up and down the, the halls and the aisles of the, the big show at the Orlando Convention Center. But, uh, you know, read exhibitions that now puts on the PGA show, has really done something amazing with this online venue. Definitely a disappointment that you don't have those long lunches and laughs that we used to have walking those 10 miles of show aisles at the Orange County Convention Center. But, you know, kudos for the PGA of America and, and those who are able to kind of put this virtual show together. And even us at Golf Channel, we've been able to talk to some of the movers and shakers that we used to speak to in person, but now we're just doing it you know, virtually on Microsoft Teams and Zoom calls and, and different uh, technology like that. Yeah, fantastic. So you led um, a terrific discussion today um, with um, the three big uh, movers and shakers of our industry on uh, the professional side of the game. Uh, share with my listeners a little bit about that conversation. Yeah, it was called Continuing the Momentum uh, in 2021. It was a great conversation with Seth Waugh, CEO of PGA of America, Jay Monahan, Commissioner of the PGA Tour, and Mike Wan, Commissioner of the LPGA Tour. You know, three people who have been very out front in this game, uh, especially about some of the changes that need to come with the, 
increasing diversity, and, and all three spoke eloquently about kind of the pain of the spring and summer of 2020, uh, not just from the, the game of golf, but from a, you know, a nationwide and even global perspective. And uh, from those conversations that those three gentlemen had with their respective organizations, and the three of them amongst themselves, uh, it was announced that they're going to have a terrific collaboration between uh, my bosses at, at Comcast, NBC Universal, and the PG of America to uh, launch and kind of really relaunch uh, something called the PGA Works Collegiate Championship, which used to be the PGA Minority Championship. And it used to, you know, we hear highlights of it on, on Golf Channel, and it usually kind of be like a month or two after the event happened. And, and now they're trying to give that event, which uh, focuses on the, the HBCUs and minorities in, in college golf and giving them a place to play and also giving them more visibility on television. So to that end, the PGA Tour has stepped up and they're going to host this first PGA Works Collegiate Championship at TPC Sawgrass of all places in May. And of course, uh, Golf Channel and NBC will be a part of that. The PGA of America uh, really uh, investing in that aspect of growing the game. And it's neat that they have great partners, uh, not only with us at NBC and Golf Channel, but the other stakeholders in the game as well. That said, one of his main goals was to have this event find iconic golf courses and you know what better place to start than you know one of the great golf courses in the country a tpc sawgrass stadium course which is known around the world and which looks so great on television anyway uh and having the great partnership that, that seth does with the pga tour need to see those two great bodies come together and continue to kind of dot the calendar for these HBCUs, these historically black colleges, to have their golf programs, you know, televised and to have their events matter. And, and let those young people who wouldn't have the, the campus often that you see at the East Lake Cup or an NCAA championship or the Southwestern Invitational, which we had, you give those players a chance to, to learn what it's like to play in front of cameras and larger audiences. And, and you know, maybe those players that, you know, shoot 74 and 5 and, and kind of not having a place to play after their college career. Maybe they, they get a little bit better and they're, they're used to playing in front of cameras. And, and who knows, some of those players that are playing HBC, you know, HBCUs are ending up at you know the PGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, and the McKenzie Tour. To diversify the game of golf and allowing folks that have traditionally not been kind of a part of those conversations to have more access to being uh, not just players in, in the game, but also decision makers in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we know that we are going to have a jam-packed 2021 season, Damon, between the Olympics and the Ryder Cup. And uh, as part of the, the, the uh, virtual PGA show, they had um, – a discussion with Steve Stricker and Padraig Harrington. So, you know, we're already uh, getting excited about the Ryder Cup. There's going to be the Solheim Cup. we got so much golf going on for the fans. And uh, speaking of the fans, uh, we want them back, don't we, Damon? Oh, absolutely. And you're starting to see um, really across the sports world a few more fans in venues. Uh, you're talking about Lambeau Field or Arrowhead Stadium in the NFL and, of course, um, we're seeing that uh, the British fans, uh, a patient that they call it Augusta National, Wasteman Phoenix Open is going to have uh, a limited number of spectators. Of course, that event really depended on the fans and the parties and the energy. It's such a different week on the PGA Tour. There were 
customarily sitting in. And of course, one of the main reasons that the Ryder Cup was postponed was because Thomas tell it to a man that they just don't feel like that event is a Ryder Cup without the fans, especially the energy that we've seen over the last few decades and, you know, the traditions that we've seen with the first tee on a Friday and the great moments of Rory and Patrick Green. Those, those just wouldn't have been the same if you didn't have uh, the, the fans there you know, living and dying with every single shot. So I think the players are happy that they waited a year and hopefully we get enough uh, you know, these vaccines in the society where we're getting to a point toward the second half of the year where things are looking a lot more similar to what we were used to seeing for this, this brutal pandemic. Um, you know, speaking of uh, the diversity issue, um, a very unfortunate situation um, that, you know, has gotten a lot of uh, – a lot of spotlight over the last couple of weeks with Justin Thomas, you know, uttering uh, an anti-gay slur when he missed a putt in Hawaii. Um, you know, I think for those of us that know JT, and I know you do as well, um, you know, I, I think he was just um, probably close to mortified, um, you know, tremendously embarrassed, uh, I think, and contrite about, you know, what he did. Uh, Citibank announcing Monday that it's going to keep its sponsorship, um, but requiring him to donate a meaningful portion of his deal as part of an active role in the LGBTQ causes. Uh, to me, I think this is a, a thoughtful way to go about um, this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think when it comes to JT, who has been outwardly uh, very remorseful for his comment, I think as he should have been, it's a great opportunity for him to grow and learn from his mistake. And uh, I think that Citibank is making a good call by collaborating with JT on things that they can do together to bring uh, to light some of the injustices that have been faced by the LGBTQ community. And I also think at the same time, though, that, that Ralph Lauren had a right to say, you know what, we want to part ways and we'll maybe revisit a relationship a few years down the line. And I don't think it's cancel culture. I think those are two you know, robust businesses and Ralph Lauren and Citibank that were, you know, making decisions that worked best for their specific companies. Obviously, the, the fashion world and Ralph Lauren has much closer ties to the LGBTQ communities than a lot of entities do. And I think that they looked at that situation through the, their specific lens. So, uh, Justin Thomas is going to be fine. He is, uh, by almost all accounts, and my own included, uh, a nice young man who's very popular with the fans, and uh, he's made a mistake. And uh, it's, you know, when you make a mistake, sometimes you have to pay the price. He's an adult. Uh, these are endorsers that are paying him billions of dollars to to have their clothes on his back or name on, on his bag. And uh, they have every right to continue that relationship or to, to pause it or to end it. That's business. That's, um, that's what happens when you are... Uh, you know, a highly visible athlete. So it's a teaching moment for JT, a teaching moment for all of us. I, I thought both the statement by Ralph Lauren and Citibank were thoughtful in their own way. And I think that JT will come through this out of the other side uh, a better person. Yeah, um, very, very well said. Uh, we are uh, in the first round of the Farmers Insurance Open in uh, Torrey Pines. Damon, this is... Uh, 
the beginning of the California swing, the West Coast swing, which also includes, of course, waste management in Phoenix over the next few weeks. Uh, who you got your eye on for uh, this week and weekend? Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's one of my favorite stops in California. I covered a, a, a million of these events at uh, Tory Pines. I've been looking real closely at Roy McIlroy coming off that disappointing Sunday. He had a nice week in Abu Dhabi, but he had the 54-hole lead, shot even par 72, and Joe had ran right past him. Uh, he's playing very well on this Thursday uh, on the south course, which is the harder two. And in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm just kind of interested in seeing the south course because I know it's going to host the U.S. Open in June. And you can already see that there are a lot of tough spots on the golf course and places where the USGA has already put the hands on the golf course to, to get it ready for June when the rough will be even thicker. Jordan Spieth is another name I'm looking at. He's under par on the North Course, and he's someone who's put Tom into the swing a little bit a couple of times during this uh, mini-off season, and he's still working with Cameron McCormick, but I was looking for some life and spark in his game. And You know, back in 2014, shot 63 at the North Course, playing alongside Tiger Woods. That was such a long time ago. He's in a very different place with his game. But Jordan, just because of what he did in 2015, uh, remains a fan favorite even in his struggle. So my eyes are drawn to Rory and Jordan and the golf course, which uh, has really become, since the Reese Jones renovation, uh, one of the toughest on the PGA Tour. Absolutely. Well, uh, very exciting, very exciting news that we're going to get more uh, more Golf Channel and uh, more in-depth coverage. And, Damon, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for a few minutes uh, with us at the Golf Insiders. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you, Holly.